This podcast is brought to you by Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please go to ctfboulder.com. What is the wilderness? I have a blank sheet of paper. I don't need that. <laughs> um, I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony that has to do with this topic, but I'm also going to share some teaching. So I hope that there's something here for everyone. And I'm just going to open in prayer. Father, I thank you that you are with us in all things, that you never leave us nor forsake us. I thank you for the promises in your word and that we can trust you. We can take you at your word, that you are not a man that you should lie or a son of man that you should repent. You have nothing to change because you're perfect in all your ways. And I pray for a revelation of that in hearts and lives today as there are so many things that we go against and that we need to overcome, that we would be able to put our hope in you, just as Thomas shared with that song. In Jesus' name, amen. So I am um, going to go back a few years. Um, I had Ethan, who's actually getting baptized today, so it's kind of a neat story. We actually have, we actually have all kids getting baptized today, so I think that that's really amazing and fun. Um, anyway, I had him in 2014, and so that's going back eight, almost eight years. And about a year later, I weaned him, and I have three kids, two of which are in school, and him. And I had too much on my to-do list, and there was too much going on, and I got into a state of like anxiety, and I felt frantic. And I don't know if most, most mamas can probably relate to that on some level, but I think everyone can relate to feelings of anxiety at certain seasons, even if it's not because of to-do lists. It could be because of the news. It could be because of illness in the family or uncertainty with regards to your health. There's so many things, like I was even just thinking during the song, this is how I fight my battles, it says you've prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies, and you might not be up against somebody with weapons, but you're up against emotions and thoughts and feelings that feel very real and very scary sometimes. And this is how we fight our battles is through worship and praise and thanksgiving. So. I learned a lot of that, and I'm going to come to that. But in that season, I remember, like, sometimes I'd get Ethan down for a nap, and I'd be like, I have two hours, and my list is this long. I can't get any of it. And I would literally stand there paralyzed, like, and then I'd end up collapsing on the couch and sleeping and not doing anything. And I was, I was burning the candle at both ends, and I was feeling really weak, and and it was really hard. And I remember during that season, just the word is frantic. And, and we were getting up early to get kids to school. And, and I, would, I would come home and I'd be like, oh, I've just had an hour of stress. Like, and, and my cortisol levels are probably through the roof, right? And so um, we, we get into these seasons. And I want to just say that God is with you in those seasons. And even when you feel isolated or lonely or burdened, he is with you. 
And I call that season that I went through a wilderness season. And you probably heard the term wilderness season. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what the wilderness is and what God does for us in that season and how we can have hope, even if you're, you might be in that season right now. So we're going to use a couple of passages of scripture. If you have a Bible or if you want to get your phones out, I'm going to be looking at Luke chapter 3 and 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Okay, so my first question is, what do you imagine when you think of a wilderness or the word wilderness? You probably imagine something dry or barren, isolated, wild. You don't really have shelter. You feel maybe like you're there alone. And those things are true. But if you look in scripture, and, and Lane actually brought this up a couple weeks ago when he talked about prayer, and he talked about Jesus praying, almost every time it says, Jesus went to the wilderness to pray. That's where Jesus connected with his father, was in the wilderness. And so start with that as a revelation and a changing of your mind about what the wilderness is. That is where Jesus went and received authority. That is where Jesus went and received identity. That is where Jesus went and received direction for what he was about to do in ministry. And so his powerful prayer life came from the wilderness. It's a place actually where if you yield and you don't fight, it can be free from distractions. It's where you can put aside the things that start to entangle you and say, no, I'm going to be single-minded. I really like that word, single-minded. And I'm going to grow closer to God in this season rather than letting it overtake me. So in Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 15, this is Jesus. He returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. This scripture comes right after the wilderness. It was after he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days, and he comes out, what? Filled with the Spirit, in the power of the Spirit, filled and ready to be glorified by all. And so there's this picture of Jesus going in and coming out better, coming out more full, even though he'd fasted for 40 days. So after being in the wilderness, Jesus came out in greater power. So I want to just say to everybody in this place, if you feel alone or if you feel anxious or fearful or isolated or lonely or depressed even, you might be in a wilderness season and you should have hope because of what I've just said. So if you're coming up against feelings that seem overwhelming you can have hope because you have a savior who is with you there and he knows you and he knows your weaknesses and he knows what you need and he knows how to provide it. You can have hope because it doesn't last forever. 
<laughs> That's one thing to hold on to. It doesn't last forever. And so wilderness seasons are real. And I have to use this caveat. So are mental ill health issues. So you do need to sometimes take um, the advice of others. You do need to go to people and say, hey, I'm having these emotions. That could be a warning sign on the dashboard. You know, like when your check oil light comes on in your car, you don't just ignore that and say, well, that's just a feeling. I'm going to get over that. I, you actually should go get that checked, right? And so I, during this season, when I was in this mode of franticness and anxiety, I would often go to Christy and Steve and say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. This is this is what we're involved with, this is what's overwhelming me, what, you know, is there anything? And, and they would pray with me, they would, they would seek the Lord with me, and, and that helps because when your emotions are up to here, you sometimes don't feel like you can see clearly. You can't, you can't get over it. So having outside people to come in, your community, like these are your people and your family, the people that you walk and do life with, you need to come to them and say, this is what I'm dealing with. Will you help go to the Lord with me and, and get insight? And so it's wise. I, I have no problems with counseling. I have no problems with you going and getting help. But there's wisdom, another very important word, the pillar of wisdom in our lives, to get, to get that understanding. And so... Um, the other thing that I just want to kind of put a plug in for is sozo ministry. If you are dealing with emotional hurts or baggage from the past, uh, the sozo ministry was, is very powerful at just what it does is it's a time with a person who's been trained to do it well, and they ask the Lord with you, what doors are open? Where, is, where are these enemies coming from? Is there something that's attacking me? Because I have a mental baggage or something that's, that's been done to me that I'm maybe traumatized or I'm dealing with stress because of, and, and we'll, you, you'll walk through with them um, overcoming those things and closing those things down. So if you want to, more information about that, I have a great reference and Christy can send you inf information too, Steve and Christy. So that was just a caveat. The wilderness is a real thing that is different than a mental health issue. The wilderness is just the Lord working in your life to bring you to a place of power and victory. And so if we can look at Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 22. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven and said, You are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. So logically, <laughs> okay, the Spirit has come and rested and remained on Jesus. He's been baptized. You are my beloved son. Hey, let's get this ministry started. Like, let's go. Right? Like, that's what you would think. But instead, the very next verse says, he is led by the Spirit into the wilderness, which seems counterintuitive. Okay, you've been baptized. You've been filled with the Spirit. You're empowered. What? 
I have to go through this season of isolation and drought and, and difficulty and fasting and persevering and enduring. That doesn't seem logical, but yet that's what the Lord does for Jesus. So why wouldn't he do it for us? And then along with that, um, just a side note, I once did a really great study on Galatians. The Apostle Paul, we hear about his story when he falls off the horse on the way to Damascus and gets blinded and then gets healed. And then he's, you know, goes and presents himself and everyone's like, this is the guy who was about to imprison and kill us. And, you know, he spent 14 years in isolation after that before he went on his first missionary journey. 14 years in the Lord's presence, like in a wilderness, like quite literally out in the middle of nowhere, making sure that he understood the scripture, making sure that he understood what Jesus, who Jesus was and what he had come to do and how that was fulfilled because he was a scholar of the Old Testament. He knew those scriptures and he wanted to know what he was going to go and teach. And so the four, like 14 years in the wilderness, I don't even know, but you see the power of his ministry that is impacting. I've heard it said, like, we probably wouldn't have Christianity without Paul because of how much he established in the teachings of Christ, how much he laid out methodically and logically what we need. And that is, come, came from the wilderness, from being in the wilderness. And so Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned from the Jordan just being baptized, this is Luke 4, 1 to 2, by the way, and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. Boy, I'd be hungry like three hours in. <laughs> two. Steve says two. He, he's, he's hungry sooner. So God leads Jesus into the wilderness. Why? Do we think he wouldn't do that for us? You can do the next slide. That'd be great. So, <laughs> this is funny. I was, as I was writing this, I was thinking, okay, this is his son, right? Like, Jesus is the son of God. And his parent, in this picture, is leading him, and he's going, kicking and screaming, no, I don't want to, I don't want to go, because this is what I deal with with my own children, right? Like, I don't want to do that. That's hard, or it's yucky, or I don't, like, it's hard, it's difficult, and, and so our children will kick and scream against us, trying to make us get them to do something they don't like, and how many of us go kicking and screaming into what God wants for us when he's like, I know better, and I know it's going to be good, and it is hard, but it's necessary, right? And so um, what happens when kids do something that's tough or difficult? They grow. <laughs> what happens when we do something tough or difficult? We grow. And so, um, I don't know, it's been a long time since I've been at the gym, but, you know, if you weight lift you're growing that muscle by making it endure something that's painful. That by, by pull, you're literally destroying the muscle and then it rebuilds itself. And that is, that's a picture that kind of came to my mind with us. It's, it's tough and it's difficult and we get stronger and we also gain these character things. We develop things in our character like empathy, 
so that when somebody else, my friend is going through a wilderness, I can sit there with her and say, I know what you're going through because I've been through it too. And it might be for a different reason, but we have empathy. We develop patience. We develop endurance. We develop um, perseverance. We develop hope if we put our eyes on the right place. And so we are God's kids, and he wants us to grow. This is going to hurt a little bit. He is more concerned with your growth than your comfort. So next time you're doing something hard, you can say that. I don't know. He's more concerned with your growth than with your comfort. And he is still trustworthy, even if it doesn't look like you expected. Like, I would look at Jesus and say, you're ready. You got it. You got baptized. You're full of the Spirit. Go. Oh, wait, this doesn't look like I expected. But it's, it's still God's best. It's what he's, he's trustworthy. Next slide. Emotions don't always tell the truth. <laughs> so you cannot let your emotions be the basis of your faith in God. You have to ha say, no, my faith in God is preeminent, and my emotions need to line up with that. And even if it's hard, and even if you can't make it happen, your faith still needs to stay there. Because I dealt with emotions. I dealt like I didn't feel God. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel happy. But I said, no matter what, this is God. God is here. He is with me. He is for me. I'm going to just keep plugging away. I'm going to still do. I'm going to act as if I feel good. And so um, you have to learn that. And that is part of what we learn in the wilderness. Like, have you ever prayed for patience? Some of you have. I could tell by the response. So, like, when you pray for patience, you get put in positions to learn patience, right? So if you want to learn to make your emotions bow to the faithfulness of God, you will be put in a place where you have to make your emotions bow to the faithfulness of God. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to five. For I don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters. That's the same as saying, I want you to be aware. Just, you know, two double negatives there. I want you to be aware, brothers and sisters, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock. Notice that rock is capitalized. That means it's referring to Jesus. They all drank from the same spiritual rock that followed them. The rock was Christ. It even says it. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Okay, so this is using Paul, who went 14 years in the wilderness and made sure that he understood how Jesus fulfilled the old covenant, is using the story in Exodus to show the spiritual life that Christ wants to give us. 
He's showing that he brought the people of Israel, the children who were kicking against like the will of God the whole way to the promised land. He brought them out of slavery. And when we pass, when they passed through the Red Sea, it was a picture, a type and shadow of baptism. And so they went through baptism, and where did they go? The wilderness, just like Jesus. <laughs> they came to the wilderness, and they wandered for 40 years. But the whole time that they were in the wilderness, their sandals didn't wear out. He provided manna. He provided water from supernatural sources. He protected them. He guided them with a cloud by day and fire by night. I mean... How many of you have asked, God, give me a pillar, give me a cloud, I want to follow you, and it's like, well, but I'm not going in the wilderness. But that's where the cloud was. That's where the fire was. You have to be in the wilderness to get that kind of provision. So in Exodus and Numbers, these are two, two books in the Old Testament, you should read them. It's very challenging to get through numbers, but it's good. So you, the children of Israel are wilder, in the wilderness on their way to the promised land, and they're being supernaturally sustained. Next slide. So look for the supernatural provision in your wilderness. If you are in the wilderness right now, if you're up against something hard, the Lord is there, and he is providing for you in that place if you look for it. Now, unfortunately, a whole generation had to pass away in the wilderness. And if we look at verse 5 that we just read, it says that most of them God was not pleased with, and they were overthrown in the wilderness. So it is possible to mess up the wilderness and to fall. And I want to give you some pointers from the next, this is actually not me, this is Paul. Paul, in the next few verses, outlines three ways that the people fell in the wilderness, three things that caused them to fall. Those three things are idolatry, sexual immorality, and complaining going to get ouchy. I'm sorry. So if I'm in a tough space and I think that shopping therapy is going to fix it, or if I can buy something that will make me happy or help me or help me to feel better, or if I can eat something or drink something or take something that will help me feel better, Idolatry. Anytime we turn to anything besides the Lord for sustenance or help or hope or overcoming, we're, not, we're, not, we're making something else bigger than our God. If I'm feeling weak and lonely and isolated and I turn to pornography or instant gratification, you're in sexual immorality. You're falling in the wilderness. You're messing it up. Now, this is the tricky one because this is where it hits home, especially for me, complaining. Ouch! <laughs> 
you might be able to get away with complaining for a little while. It's kind of tricky. You might be able to complain and not instantly see that you've fallen in the wilderness. But I had this vine that grew like crazy at my old house, which was part of my insanity in that season because I had this yard that was literally a, a jungle. And I, I borrowed John and Sharon's weed whack or hedge trimmer and I just went, like, I was like, I'm gonna take you down. Anyway, better complaining is like that. It's like a vine. I would pull up yards of this thing, fill my whole trash can, and it would be back three days later. And I'm like, where did you come from? Like, plants were made to take over the world. That's what I have to say about that. So, complaining starts a bitter root, and that bitter root will go down deep. And if you don't nip it off early, if you don't dig it out early, like, just don't plant it in the first place. Anybody dealt with a vine that you wish that you didn't plant? Like, think about that in your own life, in the spiritual realm. So those are the three things that God says led to the people of Israel falling in the wilderness. And I don't want anyone that I love or care about to fall in the wilderness. I want you to overcome. So at the end of that passage, the good news is that God is faithful. He leads us into the wilderness, and he doesn't abandon us. He is more interested in our growth than our comfort, and he's going to help us. He's going to take us there. He's going to take us to the other side. Hold on. It doesn't last forever. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I'm going to read it again. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. This is where that empathy comes in. If you're going through something, temptation, being tempted is not a sin. It's when you fall to the temptation. So if you're in a mode where you're up against something, you have a friend who has probably been there and can put their arm around you and say, it's not okay, you're going to be okay, you'll get through it. And even in that, we have a great high priest who knows our weaknesses. And it says that in Hebrews. Read Hebrews too, that's a good one too. So God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. He is providing a way out even in the midst of you being there. Look for it. Look to him. Be single-minded. And now the best promise of all, that you may be able to endure it. It doesn't say that you're going to enjoy it. Just saying. He... You don't endure something that's easy. You don't endure something that's enjoyable. You have to endure something that's hard. And because you endure, you'll be stronger for it. So don't, don't, let that, don't let that lead you astray when you're in that season. Know that he, has, he is with you. He knows what you're capable of. He knows how to provide the way out. He's providing the way out. Stay the course. 
be faithful so that when you come out, you don't have to repent and rebuild and regain the land that you lost. I, I um, think it's really important that you keep doing what you've committed to. And so in that season, in my season of my life, I did say no to a lot of things. And eventually it did lead to me quitting. We were in a martial arts program that was over the top. That was part of my insanity. And so um, I was fighting with my kids to get them to their extracurricular fun activity. I was making dinner to fit between multiple practices. It was, it was, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> when you have four people, five, we had five of us. All five of us were in it at one point, and we were just coming and going. And so eventually I said no to that. And I can tell you that freed me like you would not believe. But the reality is that there were things I couldn't give up on. Should I have just stopped making dinner for my family because I didn't feel like it? Should I have laid on the couch 24-7 and let my kids skip school because I didn't feel like taking them? Should I have complained to my husband incessantly and, I don't know, undermined our relationship and attacked him? No. <laughs> That's the answer, just so you know. <laughs> so don't just give in to your flesh. Make your emotions and feelings bow to the faithfulness of God. Don't sacrifice your relationship with your family, with your spouse, with your kids, with the church, with your neighbors even, because of a hard season. You can't just say, I don't want you in my life anymore. Don't give up on taking care of yourself. Don't go into debt because of shopping therapy. Don't sacrifice this opportunity for growth. Now, believe that growth is coming that is what happens when you endure, but what should you do? You should take care of yourself. You should make time to rest. You should make time to exercise, to breathe, to drink lots of water. And you should have boundaries. Who's heard of that book, Boundaries? It's a good book. You should read it. Um, when to say yes and when to say no to take control of your life. That's the subtitle. So there are things that you still need to say yes to. Yeah. I've said a whole bunch of don'ts, but you should also say yes to the things that are important. What's important? Your faith, your family, your fitness, your finances, and your friendships. So if you need to check what's important and rearrange some things, those are the, the five F's to look for. Faith, family, fitness, finances, friendships. So I said no in that season to extra tasks at church. I was doing a lot, and I stayed the course for the things that I had committed to, but I said no to a whole lot of extra things. I said no to the intense extracurricular activities, and I kept doing what I was already committed to. I was being present, with investing with my family. I was making meals. I even got some weeding done sometimes. Not very often. And I kept going to church. I kept being with the people that I knew would help sustain me. But I did say no to anything extra. I also, at the end of that season, said yes to having a fourth child. Is that crazy? <laughs> I had been fighting Joel for like four years, just saying. But I was also fighting God. And I was 
I was, that's going to add so much more work. Why would I do that to myself? I also said yes to studying the gift of administration, which is so strange. Like, I'm in this season. Why would I take a course? I, I, but I can tell you that in those moments where I was sitting either on my couch or on the front porch, not doing the things on my to-do list, but in the Word and getting inspiration for something that the Lord had put in me was the, basically the only time I felt the Lord's presence during that four years. During studying administration, who would have thought? You know, but God is there. He's causing me to grow in the wilderness. And Bruno can thank me for that. He is, he told me last week, Ingrid, if it wasn't for you and your administrativeness, I wouldn't be administrative. And he created this great form. This is a total segue. Totally has nothing to do with the message. There's this form. It's if you want to host an event or do a home group or a connect group or a study, you have this form now because of Bruno being administrative. Isn't that a testimony? So... When Vernon wanted to do his supernatural finances, he had to fill out this form. Steve and Christy have to fill out this form. Yes, everybody has it. So if you want to do a connect group ever, here's a form. See Bruno, and he will administrate it for you. Passing the baton. So in that season, in the season of the wilderness, don't say no to Bible reading. Don't say no to church community. Don't say no to prayer and seeking God's presence because you want to grow. That's the goal. So how did my wilderness season end? I bet you want to know what you can do to make yours end, right? I don't have a formula for you. I'm a mathematician, and I love formulas, and the thing that I have found is whenever I'm kicking against the goads, it's because I'm looking for a formula, and there just isn't one. But how did it end for me? We started listening to this, this uh, teacher, and he calls his followers happy warriors. And that tells me something. One, it's a battle, because you can't be a warrior without fighting something. And two, you're supposed to be happy while you're doing it. And I realized I wasn't. I didn't want to fight, and I wasn't happy. And so I kind of got a fresh perspective. And I was laying in bed one morning when that happened and I said oh my goodness yeah I'm not I'm not that person I'm not a happy warrior I don't want to fight and I'm not happy so I got this perspective and I it started to get me into this mode of I'm gonna act as if and this is funny because apparently my mom told me my brothers used to say act as if all the time like act as if you're a movie star act as if you're a famous skateboarder all the things that they wanted to be you just got to act as if you are And um, there's some truth to that for all of us in our spiritual lives. You've got to act as if you have the victory. You have to act as if you've already overcome. You have to act as if you're happy, even if it's hard. You have to act as if um, you've got it all together sometimes. But there's room. Okay, this is one of those truths in tension. Because yes, all of that. But yes, there's need for authenticity and vulnerability and supporting one another. So there's also a room for you to be real. I'm not saying don't be, I'm not saying to be fake, but I'm just saying there is some room for you to overcome by saying I'm going to do, do as I should. (laughs) So 
what I was working towards was worth enduring the feeling that I had. That's what the perspective changed in my mind. I had to realize that what I was working towards, the goal that I had for my kids to follow the Lord, the goal that I had for our family to be united and unified and moving in the same direction was worth what I felt I was missing or what I felt was hard. I had to keep going. I had to endure. I had to move forward. And so a whole bunch of changes in the physical realm happened miraculously right as my mental state was changing. Isn't that amazing? Like as you start to change your mind, the answers will come in the natural. And so right then, I got pregnant. Hormones help. Right then, we quit martial arts. We quit martial arts because I was pregnant. I couldn't do crazy things anymore. And then we moved which was also very hard. And at the end of my season, I was bawling almost every day. I was so unhappy that we were moving. And um, God has made it so good, but it looked very scary and painful and uncomfortable at the end. And then there was this like, the heavens opened. (laughs) But it looked terrible about a month before. So all of those things God used to bring me out of that season, and I think it's not a coincidence that he brought the physical reality as my mindset was changing, as I started to gain hope, as I decided to be a happy warrior. So perspective is a powerful thing. You need to determine that God is faithful and that he has a plan. That's one. You need to understand that life won't always be easy, but it's worth pushing through because you will grow. And three, you get to do the things that God has given you to do. You get to do them. Don't have to. You should, but you get to. So he uses these types of seasons to refine us. You've heard of the crucible where you make silver pure, where he makes you into something precious. Can you imagine what a diamond goes through to look like a diamond on an engagement ring? Like, it doesn't start out looking like that, just so you know. You should, you should Google it. It looks rough and ugly, and it gets laser cut. <laughs> like, what do, if, we, if you want to look beautiful in the spiritual realm, guess what he's going to take you through? So partner with God. Align yourself to him. So just, you know, I kind of play around with words in my head. So align and allegiance. Can you hear how those are kind of similar? Align, allegiance. They're not, I don't think they're necessarily from the same root word or whatever. I didn't do that group study, that deep of a study. But allegiance is, is powerful. And I've heard it said, actually, Michael Heiser said this in his book, that really our salvation is about allegiance. And when we are saved, we're, we're taking our allegiance from the kingdom of darkness and we're saying, no, I'm actually allied with the kingdom of light. I've moved from here to here. And so when you, you, when you are saved, your allegiance changes. And baptism, sorry, I'm going to tie in baptism now because we're having baptisms today. Baptism is about showing our allegiance, that we're part of the family of God, 
that we're part of that kingdom. And so when we accept Christ and make him our Lord and Savior, we are saying that our allegiance is to him. And now we are allied with the kingdom of light, and we show our allegiance by being baptized. Baptism acknowledges that Jesus is Lord of your life. Do you know what the word Lord means? Like Lord, like you do what he says. So when he takes you into the wilderness, you do what he says. When he tells you that he's going to take off this part or give you this or make you do this, I don't know, I can't think of a really great example right now, but I'm sure you all have one in your life. Your allegiance is to him, to his kingdom. I'm part of the family of God. And God's truth, with a capital T, is my truth. You have to yield your truth to his ultimate truth. And baptism is an outward sign of an inward commitment to be aligned with God. So we have made a commitment in our hearts to be allied with him, to align our lives with him. And baptism is that outward sign. So for the, the fact of the matter is that we have kids getting baptized, and they probably don't know the first thing about a wilderness season. They probably have had pretty good, easy lives for the most part. But they will encounter it. And as the body of Christ, we need to prepare them, and we need to come alongside them, and we need to help them so that we can raise up another generation of people who are willing to stand with their allegiance to Christ. And so you are the church. You are the family of God. You get to be part of making sure there's another generation of warriors, of happy warriors for the kingdom of God. And so remember that he is more interested in our growth than in our comfort. He is faithful. The end. Okay, so I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you that you are faithful. And I just, I just empathize right now with anyone in this room or who's watching online who may be in a season where it's hard and their emotions are running the show and they feel like they're afraid. There's so many things that are coming at us that would tell us to be afraid or tell us to, that we don't measure up, both and at the same time. And I pray, Lord, for your people to know that you are with them in that place, that you are sustaining them, that you are, you are strengthening them, and you will continue to do so. And I pray that they would understand that it does not last forever, and that you would bring hope to their situation, that your light would shine. And I pray, Lord, that you would give them whatever perspective or moves in the physical are needed in order to come out stronger and better and anointed for the work that you have for them to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. If you'd like to find out more about who we are, we invite you to check out our website or feel free to download the Church Center app. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to listen to more of our sermons and messages, you can find us on YouTube and Spotify. We love you, God bless you, 
and thank you for tuning in to Catch the Fire Boulder.